Reforming society, repairing your mentality, restoring your life. This is The Revolutionized Mind. Hi everybody, I hope you're having an amazing week. I just saw something the other day that was saying how the sun is going to start setting later so very soon. I don't remember the number of days, but it's soon. So if that's something you're looking forward to like I am, hang in there because it is coming so soon and we're going to get to go outside and do all of our fun warm weather activities sometime soon. So I recently learned that February was Recreation Therapy Month and I really wanted to do an informative episode on rec therapy because I think it's a really unique and holistic approach to our mental health and It's not really widely known or accepted by a lot of professionals and just society in general. And I think it's really powerful because it aims to improve all aspects of your life and every strategy or coping mechanism that's prescribed in this type of therapy. It's intentionally targeting like a domain of your life, whether that's, I just posted on my Instagram the other day, spiritual, physical, social, emotional, and cognitive. So its overall goal is to just like improve overall well-being and I think it's phenomenal like the more I'm learning about it it's something that I really wish I had utilized sooner or ever because I haven't (laughs) Um, and just like to really spread the word and get more people aware of and talking about this type of therapy that is available to many people so With that being said, I'm super excited to be sitting down with a certified therapist recreation specialist, Katie Carter, today, who is going to tell us more about this type of therapy and how she's used it in her own life and what she kind of thinks that this therapy can offer people, which is really a lot. Um, So I hope you enjoy this conversation and can learn lots, and I encourage you to do some extra research on rec therapy if this is something that you're interested in. This is definitely the time to start looking into it. So thank you for supporting The Revolutionized Mind, and I hope you enjoy. So today I'm here with Katie Carter, who is a certified recreation therapist and the founder of Send Happy Mail, a small business that we're going to learn more about today. And I'm super excited to chat with you and learn more. How are you doing? Hello, thank you. I'm so excited. I'm doing really well. Uh, We got so much snow, so I'm just thankful that we're shoveled out. But other than that, everything's great. (laughs) Amazing. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about, I guess, any certifications that you have or what you do when you're not working? Yeah, absolutely. So I graduated from Brock University in 2014. And then that same year, um, I think just a week before I graduated, I passed my certification exam, which made me a certified therapeutic recreation specialist um, under the National Council for TR certification, um, which to me was kind of the highest that you could go at the time for rec therapy. Now you can specialize in different areas, but um, that was the goal then and I was able to get it. And since then, I've been actively working as a recreation therapist. Um, I've had a lot of different changes, but right now I'm back to being a frontline worker, which I don't think I'd have it any other way. Um, done the management side, and I've done everything else. So, being a frontline worker has been um, very much in alignment <laughs> for me. So that's good. 
And um, that's what I'm currently doing so far. And Send Happy Mail is kind of my passion project for connecting people um, through the only way that will never be locked down, which is through the mail system. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you for all that you've done. I know you've been working throughout the whole pandemic. So kudos to you. Oh, thank you. And there's lots <laughs> of us out there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So can you start off by telling us more about what recreation therapy actually is? Because this is something I've actually only heard about a few years ago, but it's something I wish I actually utilized many years ago. You know, it's absolutely the same thing for me. I didn't know what recreation therapy was until I was in a rec therapy class in university, and I actually transitioned into that program. So rec therapy is a process that utilizes um, recreation activity-based interventions, but they're purposeful activity-based interventions. So it's all about whatever our client's particular goal is, we use different recreation activities to help them with that goal. So as a CTRS, I assess individual needs. Um, I use person-centered, which is like a client-led approach um, to set strength-based goals. So what I try and do is I try and look at whatever a person's strengths are, and I use those to help them with their goals. Because nobody ever wants to focus on their weaknesses. Nobody would have the motivation to continue with whatever their goal is. So it's really great when people can highlight their own strengths and see that within themselves and then apply that to other aspects of their lives. And that's something that we try and show them that they can do as we help them remove the barriers to participate in the recreation um, that they want to do, which could be really anything. It's kind of limitless, which is awesome, but also very difficult when you're trying to help someone engage in new activities because there are so many different things that you can try and engage them in. So pretty much what I do is I follow an API process. So I do an assessment with them, and then I implement the intervention. So it's a goal-based intervention. And that's usually the part that people only see, which is the fun and games part, (laughs) Um, which we will, I know, get to later. But there's a lot to it. So it's just a purposeful activity. Nice. And is it like traditional therapy where like they come to you and you sit down and assess them and then you like prescribe them different activities kind of thing? Um, there are many different people that practice differently. Um, it's one of those health fields that are, it's not regulated because every different population requires a different approach. Mm -hmm. So I know in some, um, different mental health care settings that is definitely, especially in the community, the type of approach that can happen. For me, what I really like doing is it's a joint mutual thing. Um, we do an assessment and it's, I like to see them in action. So I'll do assessments face-to-face like at a table and we'll talk very classic traditional therapy with the assessments. But then I actually will go in and do a lot of observations because you see a lot when people aren't actually talking and they're doing. And so that's definitely the fun part is being able to assess and using a lot of uh, my background knowledge from just over the years experience, um, which has been great as well as using the research-based practice to be able to follow up and make the correct interventions for them and write recommendations. So there's a lot different aspects to it, but the fun part is depending on the population you work with, you can change it up and and it's fun. And you you can work with different populations all the time, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. I think like activity and recreation in general is just such an underrated coping mechanism because like doing things that we love or that bring us joy in whatever way, whether that's physical, spiritual, mental, like it helps you so much more than people I think want to acknowledge. And there's so much more to it. There is. And I think we work really well alongside other healthcare practitioners. I think there's 
100% a place for medications and roles of people's recovery from whatever they're experiencing. And there's also the holistic aspect of recreation that can be, you know, spiritual in nature, physical in nature. And it's a way that brings meaning to our lives, which is such a beautiful thing. That's why we're here, right? We're here to experience things and experience joy and happiness. And it's through our leisure and our community and how we build our relationships. And the beautiful thing about leisure too, is that it teaches you the skills that you need to cope with your everyday life stressors. You know, you did team sports maybe or any type of sport as a kid and that taught you certain things about communicating with your peers and how people react when you do certain things and as you get older you kind of evolve with your different you know sets of community and some people um, even the risky leisure you know going out um, what's considered risky sorry would be like going out and drinking gambling but that also has such a great place for other people and so it's just interesting how leisure is different for everybody in different cultures and how it can play such a huge role in people's lives. Yeah, 100%. I really like how you brought up the medication piece too, because I know one of the biggest hesitations with RT is like the fact that you can't cure a mental illness just by like playing a game or like no, there you is can't. so much more to it. There's so much more to it. Yeah. <laughs> so like just understanding that it can be like in conjunction with another type of therapy or just like look at it from that holistic side and like what can I do to help myself better cope but not necessarily cure <laughs> yeah and I think that's why well-being is such a great word because it doesn't mean that you're free from illness yeah. it just means that you're living as optimally as you can with whatever circumstances that you have I like that and it's not sometimes there is no like full cure or anything it's just you know how can you make the most of what you have exactly and I think leisure also helps people be pointed towards more of a positive attitude, which can be really, really hard to find in certain, um, like right now during this pandemic, like that last wave absolutely took so much out of me. And if I didn't have those leisure coping skills, it would have been a lot harder um, for me, especially. So it is quite good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I want to get in more of the evidence-based practice because I think another myth is that it's all like quote unquote fun and games, (laughs) Um, but there is 100% science behind it. And you said how these activities are purposeful. So can you explain all of that? Absolutely. So after we complete our assessments and our observations of our clients, we actually go back and we'll do the research. So depending on what their medical diagnosis are, certain medications that people are taking, Um, their physical barriers, any barriers that we have to take in mind, we go back and we research different things that have worked in other case study groups. So these studies are peer-reviewed. They're from scientific journals. They're in uh, the Therapeutic Rec Journal, the American Journal of RT. There's the RT Wise Owl. So those are different resources that I go to um, to search out what other professionals in the industry are doing, what's worked, um, even things that haven't worked, and how I can adapt it to the current population that I'm working with and clients that I'm working with. And then with all that research that I gather, I create a plan that is specific to the goals of the person that I'm working with. Um, And so that's also the part that people don't see. They see the implementation. They see us going bowling, for example. They see us um, having a social gathering and a party. But what they don't see is that, you know, we had to work on the different social skills beforehand so that people could interact appropriately during that social gathering or that people were budgeting and using their money and, you know, just the different steps that it took to get those people to those places and programs, as well as all the planning and the prep. And we want to do the research because we want to make sure it's going to be beneficial as well. We don't want to be, 
you know, encouraging someone and motivating someone to participate in something new that hasn't been um, researched to actually work and help them. Yeah. And it's so subjective too. Like you're not just going to prescribe, I think like arts and crafts or yoga or meditation, (laughs) like that is not going to work for everybody at all. No. So it's so important to like actually get to know your client. Like you said, take that strength-based approach to actually understand what they enjoy doing, what they feel like the most purpose doing, and then really like adapt your strategy to that. Oh, yeah. And providing a lot of leisure education as well, because sometimes we can try something and it can totally flop. But sometimes the best sessions are when they flop, because then it can be a learning experience for both myself and the client. And then I can ask, um, well, what other things would you rather have tried? What didn't you like that you wouldn't do again? How can we do this differently? And a lot of the times we'll find other resources and things that even though maybe it didn't work that time, but we found something so much better out of it. So it, you know, leisure is so subjective. And what I could think is going to be the best thing in the entire world and researched and absolutely everything, they just might be having an off day and it's not working, but it'll be in their toolbox for later that they can come back to. So if it's a journaling exercise that I've provided, that I've worked them through the different questions and allowing them to have full creative self-expression, it really can lead to some great conversations. And maybe they'll tell me that they didn't like it, but then three weeks later, they'll be like, I tried it again. And it was really, you know, it helped me through when I was really angry about something and I couldn't figure out why. So I just wrote it all down as quickly as I could. And um, it, it helps, it does. And even if it wasn't a success at the time, you never know what might be down the road with them that might help. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And even like expanding that to life is just a lesson that like, if something fails right away, and it's kind of related to the reel I posted today, too. But just like we get so down on ourselves. And we're so like obsessed with the word failure or like anything negative that happens to us when really like, if we were to look back five years ago, whatever failure we experienced, like we really learned from. And we learned how to like not make the same mistake again, or how to evolve as a person in whatever way. So I mean, obviously, you're never thinking that in the moment because you're so flustered. Yeah. And I think that's what's so important about like doing this work because you learn how to actually respond to those situations in the moment or sooner than you would have than with past situations. Oh, yeah. And when I first started working in this um, in this field, like it was very new and you have to get a lot of buy in from your coworkers and your peers. And I am just so thankful for the opportunity to have been able to learn and adapt and grow because I am definitely a better rec therapist now because of lived experience too. Yeah. So it definitely helps. Yeah, 100%. So can you tell us more about how you would actually help a client reach their optimal well-being using this approach? So like, are you using strategies, creating plans? What does like a session or multiple look like? Yeah, so um, rec therapists use a model typically um, within their practice, just like most like healthcare providers, they have um, a model. So there's one called the Hood and Crullers Leisure and Wellbeing Model. And so that's all about um, providing like resources to help someone with their short term goals. So maybe it's anger management, and we're teaching them, you know, different techniques like breathing how to kind of walk away from uncomfortable conversations and journaling. And we're looking at those through the lens of the five domains of well-being. So we're checking the social, the cognitive, the physical, spiritual, and emotional. And um, we're providing leisure education through those different domains, depending on what their goals are. So we also are trying to help someone attain flow. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's our whole goal. So what flow is, it's um, if you were to think of a, a chart, like it's right in the middle. So you have your stuff that's boring and stuff that's hard in life. So it's the mundane, the laundry, the boring stuff that everybody hates and the really, really hard stuff. And what you're trying to find is that perfect thing that's in the middle. You know, you're having your boring and hard stuff and the exciting and the energy and you're just going right in the middle. You want something that isn't too easy, but isn't too hard. So you want something that is exciting to someone that keeps them interested to keep going into your programs and into your activities. So we're trying to get them to find their flow. So we removed the barriers from participating in meaningful leisure by focusing on their strengths. So we introduced different resources in the five domains of well-being. So for example, if we're trying to help someone in the psychological domain, um, we might be helping them with emotional regulation. So that might look like someone who does have like the anger management strategies. Um, That might look like journaling. That might look like mindfulness. Um, Personally, I think mindfulness is a very underrated tool in self-awareness. And self-awareness, I think, is the first step of any sort of treatment. And so that's the first thing that we kind of have a session for is the self-awareness. But we follow an API process. So the first session that you would find with a rec therapist is the assessment. Then the implementation. Um, So in between the assessment and implementation is all that research that we talked about to provide them with the intervention that we're going to do. And the intervention is a total plan. So say someone had an addiction, for example, what maybe we're trying to do for them in the different domains is we will be trying to help them define a new community within their lives. So um, when someone's recovering from addiction, for example, they need to find a whole new way of engaging in their world that doesn't rely on finding an escape. So usually when you have an addiction, it's your community, right? You need to find a new set of friends and a new way to spend your time. And that's how we can help you is we can help you find different outlets, which I think is pretty great. And we're trying to, um, our goal is to engage people in optimal engagement in their life and use their strengths to overcome their own barriers. So we're going to teach them how to do it, but we're going to have them go out and do it on their own. That's the main goal, at least. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I like the focus on different domains, because I think it gives more intention to what you're doing, like for the client themselves to know, like, I'm going to this gathering, like to improve my community or social well being. I wanted to ask more about like any physical outlets or like, like you said, bowling, or like maybe another type of sport, like, I don't know, is there more research behind like, the actual physical outlet? I think that's what I'm trying to ask. (laughs) Yeah, there is so much um, about if you were to even just Google rec therapy physical programs, um, like group sports is obviously going to be the biggest thing that's been researched out there. Rec therapy doesn't have, you know, huge research base like in psychology, but it's getting there. It's, you know, it's an up and coming thing and it's getting there. And um, even when I was in university, I did my thesis on group physical activities and how it helps university students in their first year to build community. So there is so many benefits in physical sports. So not only do you get the endorphins when you do any sort of physical activity that helps, um, but you you also are having a release of emotions and whatever you choose as your outlet is also your creative expression at the same time, because it's something that you enjoy doing. And um, there is a lot of research based on running groups. So it's something, um, you know, that you can do solo on your own, but also join a group in races. There's a lot of research on how the benefits of that can help people, you know, when you're going in groups to stay motivated. 
So there's a lot of great research based on the fact that, you know, when you build your community, um, as well as doing something you enjoy, it helps improve your life and it helps improve your physical well-being at the same time. Yeah, I love that. And I like how you said, like, it's also your creative expression, too, because just knowing, like, what works for you or doing something, like, even working out for some people can be so daunting, but to other people, it gives them life and they love it. Yeah. So it really depends. And I think it's day to day, too. Like, it really depends on so many factors. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think as a rec therapist, our role is to help guide you through when those days when you really aren't feeling it, how you can not just rely on motivation, how do you can push past that to still attain your goal, Mm -hmm. which is another part of it, right? We can't always just rely on the motivation of working out or just wait until we're we're angry too. But um, it's just so great to have different tools in your back pocket to be able to use when you're feeling different emotions, and you want a way to release it or express it. um, And a way to continually to maintain feeling good. And that's something I was reading not that long ago, there was um, a study and it was just about walking and how it could help with like lowering depression symptoms. And it's just It's neat, right? Because the last thing you want to do when you're feeling at your lowest point is to get out and walk. And that's the most typical thing that you hear, especially that new reel that's famous right now. And I'm like, I get it. I so get (laughs) it. Like, I totally get it. You got to get out there and enjoy nature. But it's the last thing you want to do when you're feeling just absolutely low, right? And so um, it's really neat to read those research papers as well. And it's definitely motivating for me as a rec therapist to be able to continue to help people to get outside and enjoy it because I do see it every day when I am able to take clients out and have them enjoy like just some sort of physical movement even if it's just a few laps around the floor or to go downstairs or even if we're just stretching in their room I find like once I get them kind of moving everyone's spirits are just that little bit better and it helps and the research backs it so <laughs> Yeah, and there's been actually a ton of new research since the pandemic around walking specifically that I've seen, like peer review totally, but just like the actual effects of getting outside and walking, you have both like the fresh air, the nature, and then the movement. Yeah, And it's such, again, an underrated form of movement that people think they need to like do all these intense heavy weight workouts all the time, but walking can actually be so much more beneficial for, I mean, if weight loss is your goal, whatever you're working on, but there's just so many benefits to it that people choose to ignore. Yeah. And it's free. Like even, you know, everybody's got barriers. Like maybe you don't have nice sidewalks or there isn't a nice park to go walking. And I I get that. Um, But it's just, you know, it just is such a a mood lifter and it's free. And it's, you know, it's nice to get to know your community too. Yeah, 100%. And it doesn't hurt your joints as bad as running and doing everything else. (laughs) Agreed. I can relate to that. You can listen to a podcast like this one while you're doing it. So it's great. Awesome. What are some ways that you personally apply recreational therapy to your own everyday life? Yeah, so um, I find that I get a lot of compassion fatigue. It's something that I've been working through a lot, especially through the pandemic. But even before the pandemic, like I used to really use my vacation days for purposeful reasons because I want to bring the best that I can forward, but it can also be the most draining job being the happy person all day. So the way that I use rec therapy is it it usually is very quiet sometimes. It's I like to do a lot of creative expressions, um, which could be different art forms. So one thing that I find very powerful is If something has just gone wrong, I really like to write it down and then I rip it up and I make it into something different. So I'll usually do it on like construction paper 
or I'll do it on like colorful cardstock. And then you kind of tear up the story, whatever happened, and you rearrange it on your paper. You can do some pieces upside down, move it around, and you create kind of an abstract art with it. And you turn something that was kind of ugly into something that was nice and different. And you can add glitter and paint, whatever you feel like doing. Even, this is going to sound silly, but even putting on a live concert on YouTube and just dancing it out in the living room (laughs) has been so good at lifting my spirits (laughs) during some of the hardest days over there because you get that movement where you're just, you know, relaxing and you're breathing and you're letting loose and you're enjoying something and concerts were something that before the pandemic hit that I loved they were something I anticipated going to I'd buy tickets I'd save for the tickets it was such an experience and now we haven't had those in a couple years and so it's how do you how do you learn to thrive which is the um TR like the TRO slogan which is the therapeutic recreation Ontario it's don't just survive thrive and you know what I full-heartedly support that (laughs) that theme this year because it's true I've been using rec therapy to thrive Um, I don't want to just passively engage in my life. I want to actively engage in it, but I can't when I'm like really dark in that compassion fatigue. I've had to do things in my role in the past two years that have are totally different. Um, and which are fine and have been really great learning opportunities, but the compassion fatigue has also been harder. The hours are longer, the days are, are increased. Um, and it's all things that I love doing, so it's okay. But at the end of the day, I have to take care of myself more. And so that means doing more of the things that fill my cup, which is getting a piece of paper and writing down my thoughts, or it's getting my paint set out and doing something from YouTube, for example. There's so many free resources out there that you can utilize. And it's just really important to kind of find what helps you feel alive again. And that could be dancing in your living room. It could be drawing. It could be going out for a run. There are people that I see every day running in this minus 30 weather because that is their thing. (laughs) It's not my thing, but it's their thing and kudos to them. Um, But it's just, you know, it's been a way that it's helped me thrive. And I think that's really important because I don't think anybody just kind of wants to passively live, right? And so recreation helps us feel engaged at whatever amount that needs to be. (laughs) Yeah, I love everything you just said. And I really like all your coping mechanisms. I like the story one specifically, and then rearranging it because like you're physically doing it, but also in your mind, you're kind of reframing it into a different situation and learning how to like view it from a not so negative standpoint, which I think is super powerful. Yeah, um, there's so many really great ideas for self-creative expression. If you go on Pinterest and you just put self-creative activities, self-expression art activities even, everything will come up and just trying one or two of them. Even if you're having a wonderful day, I think that's the best time to do it. Um, And then when you're maybe not having a great day, you can go back to what you did because that made you feel good that day. There's so many free resources out there that I hope, you know, everybody kind of tries out and find something that makes them happy and kind of fills their cup. But yeah, there's, it's great. You can take anything and make it purposeful, really. Yeah, I agree with that. And just like you said, I think finding that one thing that make or multiple things that make you feel alive is like, such a simple saying, but it's so important. And I think every single person alive can relate to it. And it has such a deeper meaning than just that, like one initial activity. Yeah, exactly. And um, a really big thing, too, is when people are in pain, 
Um, recreation can really help when people are experiencing various forms of pain. Um, you see it when people are, it helps as like a form of distraction almost, right? Because then it helps them take their mind off of something because they're so focused on that activity that they're doing that they they forget almost that they do have those pains. And it's just so powerful when you see that too. Leisure is pretty neat. <laughs> it definitely is. And it's so nice to like learn more about this and hopefully now put it onto my platform and have more people learn about it because <laughs> yeah. like, well, thank you. I think, yes, it is so powerful and so many people can benefit from it. And just like learning everything that we talked about today, I think you don't even necessarily have to go to an RT if you don't need one, but just applying some of these things to your own life and learning how yeah. to be purposeful with your activities. Yeah, and especially if someone is um, receiving any sort of treatment, being open to the services that the TRs in that area may be providing. Um, I know a lot of people get a little hesitant, and we are the people that they can say no to um, because we respect their boundaries, we respect their right to choose. Um, but just be open to it. I've heard a lot of really great stories about people who have been receiving treatments in many different um, aspects of healthcare and life in general. And it's, um, if people are open, there could be a lot of great possibilities out there for them. Absolutely. Um, so wrapping up, can you tell us more about your own small business and Happy Mail yeah. and how it's related <laughs> to all this? Yes. So um, Send Happy Mail was the way that I began to reach out to people when we were in lockdown. So send a happy mail. I've always been a pen paller. I've always been that friend that has sent Christmas cards, Valentine's Day cards. I was always that kind of silly person that would take funny pictures of my dogs and make them a greeting card and send it to everybody at different holidays. So when we had in, what was it, 2020, all those lockdowns, that was something I kind of stopped doing. But then in 2021, when stores were like open again, and we could do things. Um, I live in Beaverton, it's an hour away from all my family and friends. And so um, that plus, you know, you weren't really supposed to go anywhere or do anything. Um, I would just go in down to the little shops downtown that would only have like three people in them. And I would find tiny little things that I would love mailing my friends. And I loved it. And then they would call me. And so instead of people that I hadn't talked to or seen in, you know, weeks, months, over a year now, I would send them and they would call and we'd talk for an hour or two on the phone and catch up like no time had passed at all. And I realized that I, I really loved that. I really liked it. And so I kept doing it more and more. And I found different fun things locally that I loved sending everybody. And it became my own outlet of you know, I got to curate these fun little packages for my friends. How how awesome. They loved it. They would like send me pictures and they would tell, you know, everybody that, oh, Katie sent me this. And <laughs> and so I started, you know, to make kits to offer them to other people. And it's definitely been evolving and I've been changing. And um, there's definitely a rebrand coming again because I have different tools now and different things that I'm able to use to make the cards better. But I also want to add rec therapy in there. So I've been including self-care activities. Um, so I've done a gratitude one, um, a grounding activity, a simply you one. And I have more that are on the way. I'm just still learning how to use all my machines. <laughs> and I'm enjoying the learning process. I don't think there's any rush in doing anything like that. But I, I also want to support different mental health initiatives that are happening in Ontario. So the name a day, because I would really love to see one day an empath emergency room be built anywhere in Canada first, but really, um, I'd love to see them everywhere across, you know, and I would really love to support CAMH as well. And so 
I really am looking at changing the Send Happy Meal packages to be more of a philanthropic project for me, a passion project, and then um, continue offering rec therapy services to people that maybe feel like they're stuck um, and want to change change a flow and find their rhythm in the world. And um, I think that would be really, really nice. And so Happy Mail was just my way of being able to connect with those people around me. And I wanted to provide other people that opportunity as well, because I realized, you know, it's pretty old school to send mail. Not too many people do that. Not everyone goes to Canada Post and buys a booklet of stamps. And so I can do that though. And I can put it together for you and I'll make sure that your message is sent and sent out to your friend and your loved one. And I, um, I usually put a wish bracelet in there too, because I think that wish bracelets give people a sense of hope for the future and anticipation of what something wonderful can come. Um, and that's kind of a beautiful thing, right? To have hope in something. So we all need a little bit of faith in something, whatever that is or looks like. And that's why those kind of came to be. And um, I can't help that the rec therapy part of it just comes through whatever I do. So I'm, yeah. (laughs) I love that. I think it's incredible. And it's such a neat idea because like you said, not a lot of people use the mail anymore. And even though it's like kind of not something people would think of, like if you go to the (laughs) mailbox and you find like a card from your friend, you're going to get super excited and you're going to love whatever's in it. So it is. It's a way to spread hope, spread some type of positivity, especially in all the shit we're going through now. Oh, but. yeah. And the post will always keep going. And so at least I, you know, at the very least, I can always use a paper and pen and send it out. So it's been able to connect me with people in Alberta. I've been able to send it to some pretty cool places. I've sent it to the States, all over Ontario. It's been fun. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I'm definitely going to put your links in the episode notes if anybody's interested. Thank you. Get a kit. I think it's such a great idea. It's so sweet. (laughs) And it's something you should be super proud of, especially how you want to like spread it to mental health initiatives. I think that's super powerful. Yeah, I do. I think there's such a like, um, what really drew me to your channel as well was just the advocacy. As long as we keep talking about it, that's the most important thing, right? I think we just need to keep talking about how we can just keep improving our well-being from no matter what angle we're looking at it. So it's great. It's great to have conversations that people aren't having. When I was going through university, these conversations weren't happening, and I really wish they were. 100% agreed. It's getting better, but hopefully conversations like this are making a change. Yeah, I think they are. And, um, you know, working in the healthcare system, I have seen a lot of sad things when it comes to the mental health care system. And I I would really love to somehow advocate and somehow make a change in that. And so that's really where it came from. And I have, you know, big hopes for the future and offering, you know, rec services and mail kits and hopefully just keep gaining momentum and being able to support in other initiatives as well. So it's been good. Absolutely. Well, Katie, this has been awesome. I'm so happy we finally got to connect after so long. Thank you. And thank you for sharing all your knowledge and experiences with us. I know it's going to help a lot of people and just even raise awareness about recreational therapy because it's not something a lot of people know about. No, it's not. It's it's not. So I hope, um, yeah, I hope people got something out of it today. So thank you. (laughs) No problem. After having this conversation with Katie, I think the biggest thing that we need to emphasize is that rec therapy is not all fun and games and there is real evidence-based practice behind everything that these practitioners are doing with their clients and obviously in the medical and healthcare communities in order for something to be valid and to be deemed as like credible 
there needs to be peer-reviewed research to back up these claims. And like any new science, psychology is still very new, but rec therapy is up and coming and we're starting to see more and more research in these big publications. So hopefully the more and more people start talking about this type of therapy and using it, more studies can be done. And I think from the research end, you got to consider funding, you got to consider getting approved, and there's so much to it that um, it's hard to actually like get something like this known and tested on. And then I was also just thinking that like most of this and what she was saying is pretty straightforward. Like I think intention and purpose is something that we were talking about a lot in this conversation and it's something that really does go such a long way and when you look at those five domains of life and you can relate that back to your own life like things you do for certain reasons you see the benefits you see it impact your social well-being you see certain things take an impact on your emotional well-being and if you really tune in to like how certain things make certain parts of you feel, I think it can really strengthen the way that these activities can positively impact you because you're being intentional and doing things with a purpose. So I think it's a really interesting topic and it's an amazing type of therapy that I hope more people start to utilize or even consider moving forward because I would love to see it start making the impact that I think it really has the potential to have. And of course, I think Katie's business, Send Happy Mail, is such a cute idea and it's so sweet to like do these little things for friends and just hearing like how happy she was about it and when her friends would get these kits and then they'd call her and then they'd chat and I think it just highlights that kindness goes such a long way and putting a smile on somebody's face can really make a difference in both people's days. So... I hope you learned so much from this episode. I know I sure did. And if you have any questions, feel free to follow up with either her or myself. And hopefully we can get you some sort of information or connect you to other resources where we can all find it and learn together. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. And I will be back next Friday.